All right, we're back. This is Jared again with Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. And this week, I've got Chad Timich on as a guest. Chad, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, Chad Timich. Um, what else you want to know? <laughs> so who is who is Chad? What do you what do you do? As much as info as you want to give, what do you um, do to? Uh, what's that? What do you do to support your shooting habit, basically? <laughs> Uh, I work for Textron Aviation, uh, work for their service center. So uh, that's my day job. Uh, that's pretty much what I do constantly. Uh, so been shooting PRS um, well, for a while now. We'll get into that. But uh, other than that, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. All right. So what do you shoot? So this is basically, what do you shoot hunting wise and precision wise? I want to stick more towards the precision stuff and, and basically caliber, like what's your setup and why did you go with that? Okay, so um, I do hunt, uh, been hunting for a long time, um, but as far as my PRS rig, uh, it is a six dasher built on a impact action and I use a Minox scope, which is kind of fringe. Not, not a lot of people use them. And then I use what's called an amp stock made by Turney Arms. Um, it is a full aluminum machine stock and it is machined to the action. So it's, it's like it's bedded. So again, kind of a, a fringe tool. Not a lot of people run them. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of them. You, you come out with them and then now you got me wanting to buy another stock. Was there? That's pretty <laughs> slick. In fact, you're running. More, I think you're running more than one, aren't you? I do. I I, I do run two of them. Um, so uh, I had one built. Uh, the first one built was built on a Defiance, and then um, Aaron Turney, who runs Turney Arms, he and I talked, and he had heard about the impact actions and how popular they were getting, and for him to machine so you could cut a stock to it and so we worked out a little deal on that cool cool so yeah well we'll i'll throw him some uh, some credit when i post this up on facebook get him in on because i know you were working with him quite a, quite a bit to get that thing down yeah so why do you why do you shoot precision rifle what do you enjoy about it why do you do it um I think I enjoy the camaraderie uh, more than anything. Um, the competition's kind of second. I do I do enjoy the competition, but not majorly. I, I'm almost burnt out on competition, not from precision rifle, but from everything I've done in life. Um, so I, I, I enjoy more the camaraderie, getting out there with friends, just in sh shooting, um, and the thrill of the thrill of actually just cleaning a stage. Yeah, yeah, same here. Chris and I covered some of that stuff. I like the competition piece still, but I haven't been doing this very long. Um, we'll get into how long you've been doing that here in a bit, and I'm sure you got you got some time on me. I know that for a fact, so we'll cover that. But yeah, the camaraderie and the the people piece is is second to none, and we'll get we'll get more into that further down the down the show here. But we'll talk about it. How long you been shooting PRS then? Uh, I had to think about this one. Uh, I usually tell people about two years, three years. Um, I kind of got into it uh, through a mutual, through a friend. 
Um, she belonged to the KPRC. Uh, she was also an instructor for match grade precision, precision. And we were talking one day and I said something about, man, I've always wanted to shoot long range. And she goes, oh, hold on, I'll, I'll get you into a group. And so I, First match, I do believe, was 2017, maybe even 2016. I was trying to remember that. But I only shot, like, two matches that year. So, yeah, we, were, you- we were talking about this after the last podcast. That one I was talking about was so freezing cold, and I was wondering why I even got into this thing when it was 10 degrees. And come to find out, you were there. I didn't even know it. We didn't know each other at the time. And you got, what, second place in that match or something? Yeah, I got second place in that one. Yeah, like 10 degrees. Hand warmers in my pockets. Couldn't believe people are shooting that far, let alone just out there shooting that that kind of weather. But yeah, that was cool. We talked about that and didn't even didn't even realize that that you were out there and shooting it, and especially getting second place in that thing. So that that was one of my questions. How long how long we know each other? Because I know you've been doing this obviously for longer than I have. But we really we didn't even start talking until probably the beginning of this year, I think. Yeah, about the beginning of this year. I mean, I knew who you were, and then you got deployed. So we had kind of talked, and then uh, you bought that barrel from me, and then we've been kind of talking since. So, yeah, yeah, you give me, yeah, I end up getting that barrel, trying to get my coyote laser built, which you you just built one too. So you you beat me to it. I need to get my stuff around and start getting it because they're gonna start showing up here anytime. Oh yeah. So yeah, we we'll have to get out and do that. Maybe do a podcast if we get Chris out there and smoke some coyotes with us. Would be enjoyable. So where do you, where do you consider yourself? I know you said you weren't that big into the competition, but just for the uh, listeners, where do you consider yourself on the shooting scale? And I was using just like the PRS rankings between amateur mark, marksmanship or okay. marksman, semi-pro and pro, just for a reference for the for the listeners that are listening in. My whole idea on here was to get to new to mid-pack shooters and not really have any pros on yet. I plan on getting some local pros on, but. Where would you consider yourself? Uh, sharpshooter, probably right around sharpshooter. Uh, I did I did pay pay my fees last year um, to watch my ranking, so I was ranked up in the sharpshooter area. I kind of fluctuated right there at the bottom of sharpshooter, top of marksman. So all right, yeah, that's that's where I'd put you. You and I think you and Chris are obviously ahead of me, but right there, you guys bounce battle kind of back and forth. Um, hopefully, I can get you guys to do a. Uh, a post Great Plains match podcast and we can go through and see how that goes. And I've kind of talked you guys into going out there with me. No, we get that one going in. Yeah. And Great Plains match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one was a little rough for all of us. Or Chris did good. You and I did fare as well as I think we wanted to, but doing good in the last three stages. Yeah. Yeah. You got a little hot. It got a little hot up there. I remember that. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, right. So when did you start shooting rifles in general? And then obviously you kind of talked about precision rifle. You got it two or three years ago, but how about shooting in general? Uh, shooting in general uh, at a young age. Um, dad wasn't really an outdoorsman, but he had guns um, and he just liked target shooting. So pretty young age. Um when I first really, they were mostly just 22s. And then I got into deer hunting when I was a little older. So uh, military, of course, joined the military right out of high school. So the, the good old M16, uh, A3, 
there's dating myself for you. <laughs> uh, that that got me knowing that I could shoot past 100 yards. You know, we shot out to 300 meters, and then when I got back home, I bought my first rifle. So it was it was a great 270. I still have it in the safe. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate hunting rifle right there, whitetail, anything else. So what? Best, what's the best precision shooting advice that you've gotten and that or that you've given others after you've been doing this for a while? So I had to think about this question. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be in it a little longer and I, I've shot I've shot oh handful, I think five or six national matches, which is nice. Um, the best advice I can give to anyone and, and this is actually giving advice to myself as I speak, live in the moment. And what I mean by live in the moment is a lot of times you'll shoot a stage and you'll bomb the stage, whether you hit one, hit none, hit half of them. And then as you're walking to the next stage, you're not planning that next stage. You're still dwelling on what did I do wrong? Live in the moment. Um, and living in the moment means take one target at a time. Don't think about your next target. Don't think about your dope change. Don't think about your next position. Live in the moment, live at that target and get that good that good fundamentals um, and don't pull the trigger till you're ready uh, a lot of times i've seen i've done it and i've seen new shooters um, they've got a wobble or they've got something they know they're burning time and they end up getting near the target and just pulling the trigger it's like no don't shoot it don't shoot it till you're till you're ready yeah you bring up some good points chris chris and i talk kind of about that but having trying to have a short memory which mm -hmm. it gets real hard, especially when you string one or two bad, bad uh, stages together. It gets real hard, but just like oh, you're yeah. saying, uh, I've also done same as what you're trying to time it. Like you're getting your wall and you're trying to time it instead of just settling down, taking a couple extra seconds. So yeah, I've I've been the culprit of and should listen to all that that you that you just the mentioned. Hard, the harder you fight the wobble, the more you will wobble. Yep, you try and you start squeezing and using the big muscles, yeah, and start. Yep putting pressure on it. Yep. The two what's your best big precision shooting. What's that? What's yeah. your biggest precision shooting regret? Something you should you bought you shouldn't have or you did and you wished you didn't do or you learned you learned that you wish you had known earlier. Um money money and gimmicks. And when I mean by gimmicks is there there are some equipment out there that do help do things. Um but they do one thing really well. And so when they fail you, they fail you in a big way. And so I've gotten to the point now I carry one bag um, and that's it. I carry one bag, I throw it on a rock, I throw it on a barricade, I throw it wherever and I, and I will use my skill, what little of it I have to, to get stable. So I, I've done the barricade blocks. I've done all that kind of the gimmicks and like I said, they work really well until they fail. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great point. Is yeah, lose one or misplace one or they fail, and then what do you? Yeah, do? you don't have them spaced correctly, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, I talked about the same thing. I bought some bags that I shouldn't have bought. Could have saved a lot of money, but yeah, <laughs> great, great point. What? So that kind of rolls into our next one. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Like if you could go back two or three years ago and tell yourself don't worry about this or this is what you need to concentrate up, concentrate on what would it be? Uh, chasing equipment, kind of chasing the equipment. Um, 
the understanding of BC I have now, barrel twist and talking wind. And when I, when I speak of talking wind, I watch a lot of new shooters and I've done it. I've actually, uh, we'll talk, we'll get into that where we talk about who we squatted with and stuff. Um, when you hear experienced guys shooting, experienced shooters talking, um, it seems like a foreign language, but once you understand it, it's a lot better. But the most common thing is you, somebody steps off the line and you say, hey, what was your wind hold? And it's, oh, 0 0.2, 0 0.3. Well, they may be shooting, you know, a fourth, a 3,200 foot a second, six creep. Yep. And you're shooting, you're 2,700 feet, 308. You ain't gonna hold two mils. You know, so the wind talking of knowing, well, what was your wind hold? Well, I ran 12 miles an hour. I ran six miles an hour. I ran, that, that, that's makes leaps and bounds for wind calling better. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I talked about my biggest regret at the time was when I shot that PRS and I won't get back into it, but shot with <laughs> Matt Brousseau and all them. And, and that's exactly what they were doing. And I didn't put it all together until probably this year that they weren't sharing holes. They were sharing wind speed and direction. Yep, yep. They were asking each other, yeah, I got it at, I got it at four o'clock or I got it at three o'clock at 12 mile an hour. And I didn't put any of that together until just this year. It's like, yeah, that makes a whole lot of, whole lot more sense than yeah. Yeah, asking somebody, well, how fast are you shooting? What are you shooting? All right. You're holding two tenths. I should hold four. It's like, I can't, I can't do all that math. I, and that's one thing that you had brought up last time where you shot a match with those guys and you wished you had asked more questions. And there is a fine line there. Um, you know, ask the questions, but be careful when you ask the questions, their mind still has to be in the game. But the best thing is observe, just watch, just watch good shooters and you will learn a ton. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, to add to that, I did that, um, this year, I, I RO'd the Punisher, and the, the stage that I was that I was ROing was the mover stage. Mm -hmm. So I had a mover, and there was a lot of movement in the stage. And uh, Blackheader and Watts and Orgain, all those guys were squatted together, and they come up there, and I hear Blackheader talking about he's looking at the 100-yard mark and looking at the wind, looking at 300-yard mark, looked at the wind, and then finally looked at the 400-, the 500-yard mark, and they're like, man, I never even thought about it. I'm looking – just where I'm shooting, I'm trying to see dust or paint if there's still paint on the target and see which way it's flying whenever an impact. So yeah, I'd just looking every hundred yards, every 200 yards. So I'm going to try and pick that up and, and then run with that too. But yeah, like you're saying, just, just sit back and listen. Yeah, yeah, learn you, to, learn you, to want, you even want to look beyond the target. And the reason I say to look beyond the target um, is yeah, you want to know what your bullet's going to fly through. But if you're shooting, um, oh, we've got some great courses here in, in Kansas um, where, and especially Colorado or anywhere like that, if you're shooting in a valley or a draw or anything, if you look beyond the target, you may see wind coming at you. Even though it may feel at your back or from the side, if you look beyond it, it may be coming down a draw. And so you can get a feel of what is at that target. You know, if it's going to push up, down, left, right, wherever. Good call. Good call. Uh, what would you give, what kind of advice do you give to new shooters that are getting into precision shooting? I, I'm sure you got the same 
get hit up the same as I do. Some, some people know that, that I shoot and they start asking all sorts of advice and I try to tell them or lead them the right way, but usually starts with me asking them questions. What questions are you asking people to figure out what, what they're trying to get into? I, I usually, first question I ask is how good, how good do you want to get? How often are you going to shoot? Um, because, you know, their, their first question is usually, you know, a rifle. Um, so any, any modern rifle off the shelf today is probably capable of hitting a target at a thousand yards. Um, and so they're like, oh, I can just go buy any rifle. No, because now you have to look at longevity and why, you know, how, how often are you going to shoot? If, you, if you're going to run two matches a month, that's 200 rounds a month minimum. Practicing, you know, you, you got to expect you're going to run quite a few rounds through that rifle. And OEM rifles are decent, but they're not built to the spec of, it, spec of anything else. So that's usually what I ask them. You know, how serious are they? Yeah. And my, yeah. And my second one is I usually don't ask them the question. I said, whatever you're planning on spending on a rifle, don't spend it on glass. <laughs> Reverse your thinking. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that's been real hard. I try to get across to some of the folks that they're spending a thousand bucks on a rifle. We'll say, and they don't want to spend the thousand bucks or even $2,000 on, on a scope. So try to tell them that your rifle's nice, but if you can't see your impacts or anything else or see even see targets in the shadows, then it does nothing. Some of the people will listen like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And some of the other guys will be, which I did it when I first started like, all right, 400 bucks, 500 bucks. It zooms in. I can use it. Yep. Yeah. You, then you start. Then they're done that. Yeah. You start doing the whole buy it for 400 bucks and you're selling it for two and you're losing money. So yeah. But yeah, it's hard to hard for some folks to understand. It's hard for me to understand at first. But. I, I shot my first match um, with a second focal plane scope and had no clue. Um, it was a mill mill scope, but it was second focal plane and I had no clue of the whole first focal plane, second focal plane. And one of the stages was a holdover. And I, I hate to know how much I miss those targets by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would make it hard. All right. So some, so along the advice piece again, someone asked you about shooting, hunting or precision. What else are you going to ask them? So basically hunting, what are you going to ask them? And precision rifle, then, then how deep they go. So I give you a set. So they say they want, they want to come out and they're going to do club matches. So one a month or so. Where are you gonna Where are you gonna steer them towards? Uh, you mean as far as equipment? Yeah. So just a basic setup. So rifle, gear. What are you gonna tell them for gear? Because obviously, like you and I are talking about, you can go out and you can spend thousands just on gear if you believe all the hype and and you get into that piece. I I usually tell them bring a rifle. Whatever you have will work. But I I put the expectation out there. I was like, if you have an old hunting rifle that you got a top load, um, you're going to be highly disappointed. And I, I say, don't run out and buy a rifle. Um, come see if you like the sport first. Just know that you're going to run out of time. You're going to struggle. You know, or I usually have a spare rifle. Like I've offered it more than once. Um, so that's kind of the advice I give them. Um, or I tell them, if you got an AR-15, you know, anybody that's around guns usually has one. It's like, just bring it out. I, I ran my first match for the AR-15. 
Um, it's more than capable out to some of the distances we shoot. After that, it's going to be pure dumb luck, especially if, depending on the twist rate of the barrel. Um, so that's usually what I ask them or usually what I tell them. Just come out, bring it, try it, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I've, I've only, I've only had one person really ask me about long range hunting and he actually was one of the guys I stationed with and he lives out West now. So we ended up going back and forth. He ended up get, deciding to get a, a, a six, six and a half PRC just because he's going to be shooting at elk and, and big stuff from, from a ways away, you know? So, yeah. So it, it's funny. I hardly ever speak to long range hunting because I started hunting with a bow when I was 14 because I, I, I grew up with a bow. I had a bow in my hand since I was four years old. Um, so every aspect of hunting that I look at is completely opposite of a rifle hunter. Um, I still shoot deer at a hundred yards, even with highly precise rifles. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the same here. Other than coyote hunting, I'll deer hunt with my rifles if I don't get my tags filled with my bow. Like, yeah. I like getting in them or getting them, you know, 10, 20 yards away and just trying to fool them, you know. But, yeah, so. my, my biggest thing is when, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm, I'm going to go buy a 300 wind mag. And I'm like, no, don't. Um, if, if you've grown up around guns, you know, go buy a 300 wind mag, go right ahead. If you don't, you're just buying a rifle to hunt deer don't go buy a 300 wind mag, go buy a 243, go buy a 7-8, something, because a 300 wind mag, about your third shot in, you will be flinching so bad, I will feel bad for the deer. Yeah, yeah, well, I've got that, yeah, some people, yeah, especially here in Kansas, I I talk to a lot of them that our rifle hunters don't do any sort of bull hunting the other. They're shooting big seven mils, or like you're talking about 300 wind mags, like, holy cow, these are Kansas deer, I mean, they're decent-sized deer, but good lord. You are. They're not that. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to tear them up, but I guess to each is his own. I guess. <laughs> uh, if you could take a precision rifle class, who who would it be with, and why? Um, probably, um, and not necessarily in this order. Uh, it'd be Jake Bebert. Uh, why i i kind of like how he explains some things uh what he how he looks at things he looks at things from a very um simple way which is great it works for me um the other one would be justin watts um i've i've watched justin shoot matches i've, I've never fortunately squatted with him or anything like that but i've watched him shoot matches um he stays very calm under pressure he thrives off the competitiveness um, I mean, he, he, he does other types of competitive activities too. So he thrives off the competitive, which is really good to watch. Um, and then of course, Derek Love. Um, I've, so Derek does some very good things that I really like. And so of course I'd always take a class from, from Derek, um, or match grade, match grade precision, um, one of the best wind readers I've ever seen or met is Matt Howard. And so watching him look at terrain and read wind is pretty impressive. Yeah, these guys, yeah, and they're local. I need to get out there and get their class. Yeah, That's what Chris and I were talking about, that I think I finally got my gear straight, and he was saying the same thing, that we got our gear straight. When I miss a shot, I know now that it was me and it wasn't my gear. So now I think the final piece to bring it all together, I think, is going to be a class. 
and how you get out there with match grade. I've I've shot with Matt before. I've shot with Derek before. And I think they they've got those little secrets that they could put <laughs> put it over the top and bring it all together for me. So hopefully, get in there and shoot some classes. And you you talk about Justin Wasp. We brought him up last year. Like I said, I I ROed that Punisher, and this this dude can just shoot. He comes out in his moccasins and his pink his pink T-shirt, and he was just tearing it up. And is he, is he running the moccasins this year? Last year he ran the the Adidas low tops. Not yeah, yeah. Adidas. It was the uh, Chuck Taylors. Yeah, last year was what? Yeah, at the Punisher he had he had his moccasins on, and he was just putting. I mean, he was putting the hurt on some steel. It was awesome to watch. So yeah, get 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 some schooling from him would be would be pretty good. And he's not far away either. I need to get down there. I've never shot it at Falibor, so I need to get down there. And, it's a great range. It is a, it is a great range. I've shot a few matches down there. Yeah, yeah. See, I need to get down there. And obviously, those I talked about those Oklahoma boys last time. They they know how to shoot in the wind. So any sort of wind help I can get. But I think that's just I think part of the wind shooting in the wind is just getting out there and doing. It. I just got to get out there and and send some rounds down range and just see what the wind's doing and pay it. Start paying attention to it. Yeah. So talking about training and, and classes, what do you do? What do you do currently for practice or for training between matches? Uh, current, well, I've kind of changed my practice thing up. I, I actually wasn't practicing a lot. Uh, I was doing quite a bit of dry firing and then actually trying to get a, get to the range and, and, and shoot. I was running a six creed. It was quick to load four and it helped with managed recoil. Um, but just with everything kind of going on in, in my time schedule, I ended up getting a 22 long rifle. Um, so I've been practicing more with a 22 just so I can get some feedback of getting the clean break, the clean shot. Dry fire will give that to you, but sometimes it can give you a false reading. Um, so, and then I do a lot of one shot drills. So as matches progress, we've seen more and more 90 second time limits. So the one-shot drills where I'm going to stand there, port arms, mag in, bolt back, bag in hand, and then I want to get set and get that first shot off, and I want to get the clean, great shot off, you know, in a certain time limit, whether it be nine seconds, 10 seconds, 12 seconds, so I know what my average first shot is. So that's kind of what I've been working on more than anything. Yeah, so that's, that's what I talked about last week, too, that I, that's why I really, I think I need to get, I don't think I do do horrible at it, but the, the quicker I get the first shot off on each position, then obviously you're gaining a second to two seconds per position. I think that's going to help me out. But yeah, that's great point. You brought out the 22 last time we were at the range. That thing looks like a blast. I think it, my wallet usually squeaks when it opens, but I think I might have to open it up to, to get this 20, get a 22 like you had, just because it looks like fun. And obviously you can, you can shoot it for next to nothing for the day. Yeah compared to what we're doing now. And then, well, you know about the powder and primer issue going on right now. 22s would be, would be a lot easier to be doing some training with. Yeah. And it gives you, it gives you good feedback. It gives you pretty good feedback just on wind, even at a hundred yards. So yeah. I just shot yesterday and the wind I swerping down was out of the Northeast to my house. And the first shot went which would have mean I needed to aim right, and my first shot went way right, and it ended up being a left hold. So, <laughs> yeah, I need to 
And yeah, the 22, you don't have to have nearly, nearly a space, not nearly as loud. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of advantages to it. I'll probably end up getting roped into getting one. So, so it's your level of importance. So rate your level of importance on Chad and, or Chris and I had, had three that I give him, but I want, I wanted you to just come up with your three most important, not fundamentals, but most important pieces of PRS that you would go with. So, i.e. wind reading, fundamentals, spotting your hits and misses, building a position. Everything's, everything is, it's going to be pretty much same as you guys said, you know, with the fundamentals, uh, everything builds off fundamentals. So make sure your fundamentals are solid. Um, even if you have, even if you have somewhat of a bad habit with good fundamentals, you can work around it. You can, you can make it better. Um, relax, relax, stay calm. Uh, always get a good trigger pull. And then of course, uh, spotting and wind. Um, sp spotting, spotting comes with experience. Wind definitely comes with experience. So just get out there and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Here's another one I was going to add. I don't, I don't know if I give you a heads up on this one. That's all right. It, it comes down to kind of like you're getting training. If you could shoot with, if you could get squatted with four or five guys, anyone in the country right now. So kind of like the training piece, who would it be and why? Okay. You're ready for, you're ready for a little longer speech here. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, so you did give me a heads up on that question. You asked for three people and I was like, ah, there's no way I can go with three. I, I got to go with, I got a few. All right, um, so I definitely would like to shoot with Rick Reeves. Um, if anybody knows what Rick Reeves, who Rick Reeves is, it's the gray wolf. Um, he, he always seems like a genuine guy. I even have a story about Rick. I've talked to him at a few matches. He's a great guy. Um, Jake Liver, of course. Um, I've never squatted with him. I'd like to do that. Justin Watts. Um, just cause I'd like to see him up close. I've shot matches with him, but never squatted. Um, Tate Streeter, uh, just to observe how fast he can run a rifle, which would be amazing. And then of course I've never met him. Uh, I've heard a lot about how nice of a guy he is. So I think it'd be great to run a match with him, um, is Dan Jerick. Yeah. Those are all good picks. So some of those are the same ones. Rick Reeves, like I said, I bring up the Punisher again. I met him. He stood there. Of course, I'm an RO, and there's a couple hundred people come through. He stood there and BS with me for two or three minutes after he come through. Just, we were talking about impacts, and he, yeah, he was legitimate. It seemed like seemed like he was a friend. Like we knew each other. It was the first time I know who he is. Obviously, he didn't know me from yeah. anybody in the crowd. But he stood there and talked to me like we had known each other for for a while. I mean, it was just cool. My my very first PRS match uh, was at Spearpoint, and I was fortunate enough to be squatted with Jim C. Um, and Jim C. Uh, it was almost almost like a free lesson for the day. Um, he loves the sport. He loves shooting. And he loves to see everybody do well. Um, I had been shooting club matches for a while, so I was comfortable with some stuff. 
Uh, we had one guy that it was it was his second match ever. Uh, so he jumped right in both feet. He goose-egged the first two stages, and Jim just looked at us all, and he goes, I don't care what any of you say. I'm going to start giving him corrections on the clock because I want him to hit steel. That was impressive for me, for me to see somebody at a national level. I'm not going to let a guy fail in a national match. Um, he gave me a lot of advice, you know, in between stages. So that was great, um, unsolicited. But during that same match, the squad behind us had Rick Reeves in it. And I made a rookie mistake and I couldn't get my rifle elevated enough. So I lost my rear bag to drop my the butt of my rifle onto the ground, which puts you off position your rifle and everything. And after I got done shooting, Rick Reeves comes out of nowhere. He had watched me from the other squad and ran over to our squad. He goes, never give up on your equipment. Never chuck your equipment. Take the time to adjust your rifle. <laughs> so I got a free lesson from Rick Reeves right there on, right there on the spot. It was, it was great. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I, shooting a few national matches, I've been fortunate enough that I've, I've actually squatted with Robert Brantley before. Um, great guy. Very fun to shoot with. Uh, I've, I've run a match with Austin Orgain. Um, that was a lesson in itself. It was Justin Watts's, um Silent Night match or Lights Out. I think it was that year it was called Lights Out. Um, I watched Austin or Gain dropped two shots, two shots in an entire national match. At night. At night. He took no. second. He took second. Goodness. So beat him by dropping one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I've squatted with, with Derek Love, club level and national matches. I, I've shot heat stroke, and we ended up actually getting squatted together running heat stroke. So that was pretty good. So. Kind yeah. of been fortunate with those. Yeah, I've got some of the same folks. Like um, Jared, I've I've heard nothing but great stuff about him. In fact, I haven't even been able to RO at any of his matches he's been at. But I know for the AG Cup, guys were talking about how he's one of the nicest guys they've ever they've ever shot with. So I wouldn't mind shooting with him. Rick Reeves, just after meeting him at the Punisher, I'd love to be able to shoot with him. And obviously, he's been doing it a little while. Ask him question. Watts, I watched him burn it down on the on the one stage that I was working. Streeter, he was the same way as Reeves. He'd come up to me. He saw I was wearing an impact hat, and he talked to me like we had known each other. Like he, and he was fast as could be. He ran the stages pretty quick. Yeah. Orgain ran it real quick. So yeah, mine's mine's almost the same as you, and their their majority of them are, are local guys too. So hopefully, some one of these days I'll get a chance to to hook up with those guys and shoot with them. Just like you're talking about, just to sit back and watch not even necessarily to ask questions to watch how they're running stuff, what they're thinking, why they ran it the way they ran it would be a cool piece. Yep. Yeah. And if you watch, if you kind of watch how they, they approach a stage and they look at things and then how they run it, you, you'll learn a lot. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, I learned very quickly that if you can, there's, everybody looks for a prone position if they can find it, even on a barricade. If there's a low rung on a barricade and you can get 90% into a prone position, you're going to be 10 times more stable than trying to stay onto your knees or standing up or anything like that. 
you know, so, so the extra few seconds you take to get prone and get back up is probably worth the, the two hits. Correct. So that's, that's about all I have. Anything else you'd like to add? Anything we missed? Anything that, that you want to get out there? Uh, I don't know. I was looking, I was kind of looking at my notes that I had written down. Um, if you're new and you don't own a rifle, I think we talked on that, buy a cheap rifle and good glass. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's about all I've kind of got. Um, I don't want to reverse the interview around on you, but. Well, now what you got? Oh, I don't know. I just, you've been shooting, what, this is your second year? Two, second year or third year? Yeah, well, second year if you count my deployment. I was out for a whole year. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's second year. That's, you were deployed. Um, and you, you've come on with the just the BR. So, um I don't even know where I was going with that. I literally lost my train of thought. My dog walked up and licked my foot. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't have my dog in here. He's he's too damn big. He knocks stuff over. Yeah. Um, well, that's I'm kind of I don't want to call it the board, but uh, I'm an admin on the KPRC page, and so. Um, what would you, something like that, um, what do you think of the KPRC, I guess? Gosh, I love it. I'm not I think you're on the spot with anything like that. No, it's all good. I, if it wasn't for the KPRC page to begin with and the, the club, so the Facebook page and the club, then I probably wouldn't be shooting or sitting here talking to you, trying to start a podcast to help other folks out just because there's, there's so much, I got so much help on the KPRC page that it's ridiculous. And I think there's, well, there's got to be, or probably is, at least one shooting club in each state around around the states. You know that yeah. someone, if you're listening to this and you're not around Kansas or wherever, look up those local those local pages, those local clubs. A local range will be able to tell you what local clubs are around. Because man, there's there's questions on there all the time that either I had asked or someone else has asked. A lot of times, people could find the answers if they just searched on there, but you'll have yeah. people coming on there and, and just helping out. Like my, my first, I think my first ever KPRC post was that AR I had talked about that I built was a 308. I shot a couple matches with it, those belly matches out at uh, Conway Lead. And I was trying to convert it to a 6.5 just so I could shoot some more. I ended up converting it. Now I just hunt with it. But I think there was people on there even posted, well, if you're, if you're getting serious about this, start looking at a bolt gun. Well, at the time I was, I couldn't even call it a budget. I was on trying to use pennies to get into this thing. And yeah, people were on there posting me and I was the guy that, no, nah, I can't do that. Or people telling me on KPRC to save up my money, get it, get a decent scope before you worry about getting the big time rifle. So yeah, it's, it's been nothing but help for me. Yeah. That's, it's funny. I've got a friend um, and he's not into precision rifle or anything. He's, he's just into guns. Yeah. My gun safe used to be quite quite full. I, I won't deny that. And the other day he came over to do something, and I had my gun safe open, and he made the comment. He goes, "Man, where's, where's all your guns?" I was like, "I kind of sold them all." <laughs> so 
kind of kind of sold them to fund other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's the same thing here. I used to have, I wouldn't say a ton. I used to have same thing. Uh, my safe was full, but I had a little bit of everything. I had three hundred eight, two four three, and a bunch of stuff. And yeah, I sold a bunch just to try to get more caliber specific and kind of got rid of a lot of the different just weird hunting guns I had. Yeah. Just to, to try and fund some of this because yeah, it, man, it can get a uh, real expensive real quick, but it's like anything yeah. else. If I wasn't doing it, I'd be doing something else or probably getting in trouble. So at least this, this keeps the funds under control somewhat and keeps me out of trouble. Yeah, no, that's the KPRC is how I got started. Also that my friend of mine, uh, that friend of mine got me on the page and I just started reading and then I saw they were having matches. The first match was out at Conway. And uh, I had my, what I would call my varmint AR-15, 24-inch barrel, but it was one and nine twist. Um, had no clue about twist weights or anything. Um, went and bought some match ammo, 69 grain, you know, so the BC on it's nothing. And I just, I just went out there. I bought that, had that scope. I had that scope already. And I'm like, okay, I can dial. I did enough research online just to get halfway comfortable, downloaded a free app to my phone for dope. And, and, uh, I think I missed, I missed probably my first 20 targets. And then I'm pretty sure about my 21st, 22nd shot, I hit a 600 yard target and after that it was all downhill yeah you ready to jump up and down just celebrate then yeah. <laughs> i remember so was yours was yours an actual prs with movement or did you do one of the belly stages no it was actually a prs match it was okay. the movement and everything so it is is rough it is yeah, rough. you jumped right in there just jumped straight in it was rough uh i i ben man um he's part of the kprc uh, his time is limited now, but that was his first year. He actually won the KPRC that year, I'm pretty sure. But I was squatted with him, and, and uh, we were shooting at a 900-yard, the 935-yard target, and my splash was uh, left. And so I moved my rifle further right, and the splash was left, and I moved my rifle further right, and then I couldn't see splash anymore. And Ben starts laughing, and I, I zeroed the stage and he was laughing and he goes, man, I don't really mean to laugh at you. And he goes, he goes, is this your first match? And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes, you were, your bullet was so badly in the wind. It was actually curving and going behind the target. <laughs> and that's why you saw it hitting to the left. He goes, you actually needed to move your rifle to the left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't. So can't even imagine I'd, I'd like to get a 223 but yeah it'd be it'd be hard especially the majority of the matches that we shoot here in kansas we got we got some wind like a 10 mile an hour wind is, is nice i'll shoot a match in a 10 mile an hour wind all day but we rarely get those we get up there in the, the 15 20 mile an hours yeah and that was that was I, I met Derek. i think the next match so a month about a month later i met Derek, and by that time i i kind of rearranged my hunting rifle which was a 16 inch 308 and I didn't have a muzzle brake or anything on it. It was just 16 inch great hunting rifle. And I shot a match with it and the recoil is atrocious and everything. And I hit, I hit 34 targets. I can remember I hit 34 targets out of, out of 80 something. And Derek Loves looks at me and goes, dude, you, you killed it today. And I went, 
what? No, I didn't. He goes, look at your rifle. <laughs> yeah. You know how hard it was just to do what you did. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. You shoot something like that. That's, I talked about it last time when I was shooting that 6.5 Creedmoor. I, there was no seeing my impact. I'd, I'd be looking at the clouds every time I pulled the trigger. I remember it. Just it's like, oh, hopefully there's some dust flying. I'll get an idea of where it's coming from. Is yeah, a lot, a lot of your equipment can hold you back, but it shouldn't stop you from coming out. I guess is the main point. That don't expect to be at the top. Yeah, you know, you first time you come out or first couple times you come out, but you've got to get out to to get used to it and get the idea of what's going on. Yeah, don't don't go buy something to shoot a match. Shoot the match with whatever you have. If you can borrow something, that'd be great. Um, don't spend the money because I guarantee you will spend the money, and then a month later you will spend more money. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Derek Love's told me multiple times, buy once, cry once. And of course, I'm trying to justify it to myself at the time. I, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. Well, you end up paying, you end up paying almost double, or I did. By the time yeah. I buy something, sell it for half of what I bought it for just to go buy something better. And then you buy something better. Every time you upgrade, you're losing money, basically. So, yeah. I mean, if that's all you can afford, then that, that's all you can afford. And that's great. Um, don't let it hinder you. Um, but never convince yourself something is as good as. Um, matter of fact, I'll name him by name, uh, Gary Salmons. Top club shooter. He's, al he's always up there. He's always running for the, for the top spots. Um, up until this year, uh, he, regular, regular Remington 700 action. He's had it rebarreled a few times. Um, he runs, uh, I can't remember what scope he runs. I want to say it was Vortex Razor, but I may be wrong. But he ran that action up to this year. To he finally he finally is upgrading his action because it's getting so loose on him. But he's a great shooter because he wore out a Remington 700 action. <laughs> yeah, that's something to brag about there. <laughs> so, yeah. So you have any any other parting shots? Uh. No, not that I can think of. Come right. out, boy. Have fun. Yeah, I'm going to give a quick rundown here of some of the future shows real quick, and then we'll get off here. So, like I said, I'm going to try and talk you and uh, Chris into a Great Plains match, like an after-action report, see if we can't get something going there. And then I've got some guys lined up for some uh, some rifle episodes, like what they would use for uh, factory ammo for a new person coming out, what they'd use if the or what they'd recommend for a new guy coming out that's using factory ammo, caliber, and rifle choices, what they'd recommend, another episode for uh, if the person's going to reload. And then uh, I've got a giveaway coming up. i got to figure out a time to, to get that in here to try to try to give something away to help out some new shooters. So get that in real quick for people for listening to keep tuning in and see what, see what comes up and obviously – Post on Facebook or Instagram what you guys want to what you want to listen to. But other than that, that's that's my final shots. If you don't have anything else, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Chad. And uh, we'll have to get out there and get to the range. Keep shooting. Oh yeah, keep shooting. I will talk to you later. All right, man. All right.